So you hear, you see the 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 title. Rich moves in. Yeah. You hear the music. Or out. And the whole time, you just see Rich under a blanket on the couch. <laughs> like there's no movement. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can afford a blanket. That's that's a blanket's right there. Well, he's taking like a, that's a background drapery or something. Well, yeah, just, exactly. Beggars like, can't yeah. be choosers. I like that. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, let's make it clear. It's he, not a blanket. It's a tarp being repurposed right. into a blanket. And he never moves. The, 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 the <laughs> key <laughs> point is <laughs> he's just <laughs> completely out. And welcome back to another episode of Even More Mashed Up, a pop culture podcast featuring two professors talking about all things pop culture. And brought to you by Misericordia University. I'm Patrick. I'm Alan. Hey, that was actually pretty smooth for you. I was concentrating a lot. I mean, it was very by the by was, the I was the basics. I was, but you, you know, know, but it fundamentally hit all the points you were did. supposed to. It did. Except when you said Misericordia University, it sounded sarcastic. No, 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 no. I would never Misericordia University. Just I okay. would never be sarcastic about the institution that employs me. It's a good point. That is a good point. That you feel, kind are of you feeling, thing is frowned upon. Are you feeling okay today? I'm feeling okay. Because you have a real glow I, about you. Oh, God. Wouldn't you say, Rich? Do, do, do you look at him? Is he kind of glowing this morning? No. No? He you know looks, why a, I hate, he looks why as I hate sad that? and dreary as usual. Why do you hate that? That's the exact same opening idea I what, had. What else is there? Know. You know, There's like, nothing else to like, do. To introduce except, glow. Yeah, you know, I know. Gl- I guess you could do glow up. Yeah. No. Um, literally, I was like a glowing... You're glowing. Well, I was thinking I might be like a a, Lega, uh, a Las Vegas lounge entertainer. A Legus? Legus. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lounge entertainer. You want to hear my material? Sure. Hey, Patrick, are the ratings dropping for Glow? Because the pants sure are. <laughs> Come on, right? Wow. That is service dinner level material. That might be... Yeah. S- well... There is more nudity in this. Maybe the service learning... Or the service dinner awards... At a certain point in time. Yes. Yes. Fair point. Fair point. But it's pretty good, right? Mm. Are the ratings dropping? Because mm. the pants sure are, which is a way to get... Yeah, no. I, I, please to, don't explain the joke. To get ratings up. Yeah, no. Please please don't explain the joke. One of the things that was weird about Glow to I me... clearly get the joke. ...is how tonally different it is. Like, it didn't From, do the nudity thing in seasons one and two, really. Um... There was some of it in season one. But not, like, the full frontal stuff that you're getting this I'm time I'm trying to remember... I think there was some stuff. It just felt new to me. It didn't feel as it didn't. It didn't feel, feel nude to you. Uh, it didn't feel new or nude to me. At the anyway, same time, it I felt to I, me like they were really reaching for ratings. But they I wanted to make sure people kept watching. See, I didn't. I didn't see it because then reach they for. quit the nudity. Hey, we're all naked and now we're not. Hey, we hit numbers. We can stop now. It. It. I see it. I thought it kind of worked in the nature of the show, in the sense that they are in Vegas. Oh, natural? So, sort of the place where people go to to kind of get away from Can't their reality. Um, that kind of works. The idea show, of Vegas as kind of being a freer place that I kind of, I felt that they were. So you want to, you're, you're making the artistic argument. I prefer it as an intellectual argument. That this was the artistic choice to make. Yes, that this is, this is a yeah. conscious choice. It was clearly a ratings Working crap. into, okay, number one. It's not – they don't really do ratings on Netflix. But Netflix still is concerned about how many people are watching also, it. You know what I mean, it's sir. Not like, it's not like a show where, like, ooh, they showed boobs this week. I'm going to watch it again next week. People watch these all at once anyways. So I don't really think the nudity would work that way. But it keeps people in if the plot is getting stale. But I don't think the plot is getting stale. Oh, my God. It's so stale. No, no. I, I really – I liked this season. You, oh, really? Yes. So you like the nudies. 
No, is what you're saying. I, like, I, essentially, like, I like the character work this season. I think what you, what you <laughs> oh, don't wait, like. Oh, wait, time, time out. Yes. Did you just say character work? I did. And relate it to Glow? I did, yes. I'd say that was true of like one character. No, no. And that's oh, well, not character it's certain, work. It's of certain characters, yes. I will agree. There are a group of characters that I thought this season did a lot of good work with. Ugh, and as I'll, a result, it did marginalize a lot of other characters. Well, I think you're upset because they moved away from the wrestling, and that's what you like about the show. Well, that was one of the things I, that I complained about early. Like, yeah. I actually on, liked that they move away from the wrestling. On IMDb, they, uh, they list the characters and who's playing them, mm-hmm. and they still use their wrestling names. And I'm like, right. well, that's ridiculous because the wrestling doesn't matter anymore. Also, they changed their names like halfway which, through the season. Which, let me say, yeah, I appreciate the fact that um, – they acknowledge that early on, like when they're doing, like in the first episode, I think when they're they're doing the rehearsal in Vegas, mm-hmm. it, like nobody cares about the wrestling anymore. Right? They literally just like yada yada yada. Well, it's the like idea the wrestling... that, that they're doing a show in Vegas, so they are literally doing the same show every night. Yes. Which basically boils it down to kind of a routine, which I liked because it let them get away from putting the emphasis on the wrestling and focusing more on the characters. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I don't think the first part was one hundred percent on. Like they definitely get away from the wrestling, Mm -hmm. but there are that's a good thing. There are so many. I I can live with that, but there are so many characters in it. The cast is. I will agree. So crowded, and it it feels like there's definitely this. Everybody gets their spotlight moment. Yes, but to me, it becomes like Orange is the New Black, in a bad way. Uh, Not having watched Orange is the New Black, there's so many characters, and there's. Honestly, a lot of really interesting story work to be done with them. Mm-hmm. But when you get them for an episode and then you move on. Or less it just, than an episode. Right, it feels inauthentic no, to me. I, I, well, I, so I they nod think... at what might be an interesting storyline. Yeah. But I'll, I'll complain later about the pacing of this season. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like, wow. They, no, they, I, like they couldn't be running any harder. I don't think we're actually that far off. Because I will agree that if you okay. are one of, I think, maybe four or five characters, there was a lot done with you. But the other characters, there's a lot that they had little bits that gesture towards other things. Yeah. Um, or like you said, kind of everybody gets their own little storyline. Yeah. But they're not as they they don't really have the room to develop. Like the one the right. one that really jumps out at me was was Melrose when she has the scene with the the male gigolo where they both think the other is a prostitute. Yeah. And then he leaves saying something like, this isn't over. Yeah. And then four episodes later, it mentions that she's dating him. And I'm like, yeah. what? Right. This so happens. That, so that was an example of like, no, like, I was like that was a bit. over and over again in the, in there the There were a number of places where that happened, yes. I didn't, it didn't take away from this season for me as much as it did for you. But I will agree that, that it, if, you were not, if you were not Debbie, uh, Allison Bree's character. I thought Debbie wasn't even... I thought Sam Allison Brie was fairly one note until she got to act in the Christmas Carol. Oh, I thought the final episode was Brie's yeah. best work. Agreed, um, agreed. But so, so you I thought, thought she was good throughout. The you season. thought Sam developed? I, they had more to do with him. He's just um, not quite as much an asset. Um, Sheila, Sheila, to me, is the number one. Like um, she was, and Bash. Bash was the other one that I would say that they did some stuff. And with. see, I disagree with Bash. They wanted to do stuff, but it just never quite got done to me. I don't know, I, well, I I think, I, but I think the issue is that that the reason Bash's storyline didn't get done is because yeah. Bash's storyline is still him running. struggling to come to terms right. with what his sexual identity is. I would is. say running from his sexual identity. Yeah. Which I get, but I didn't think the running was quite done. I just, I didn't, it didn't... When you say running wasn't quite done, how do you mean? 
that they needed to do more with it. Okay. That it just felt underdeveloped to me. But can yeah. we go back to the pacing and plotting real quickly? Because okay. there's a couple things that drove me nuts. Okay. Bash's mom shows up and meets Rhonda for the first time. Yes. She hates her. Well, she comes in expecting to hate her. Right. So she hates her. Until Rhonda says Bash doesn't know how to handle money. And right. then she's like, oh, you're my favorite person. Un- unrealistic switch. Oh, I don't know. Justine pitching her film. Oh, my God. How predictable. I want to change it. You know, I hate your father. I love it. Like, yeah, come on. Boring. Stayed. Sam gets the heart attack after sending Justine away. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so melodramatic. Okay. Like, it just, ugh. So Debbie mm-hmm. is missing her kid, which is yes. a really interesting moment, I mm-hmm. think, right? She's in Vegas. Her kid is still in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but then halfway through the season, like, mm-hmm. somebody says, you should just bring him here. Yeah. Next episode. She he just shows up. Well, also the next episode jumped like six months or something. To right. There, there's a right. lot of time jumps because right. at yes. one point they're like – I think even early on they're in – yeah, I can't remember. There, was, there were a lot of big jumps which were like, oh, it's it was November last episode and, and just, now it's spring. And it's not believable. How did the kid get there? How did this happen? His dad just let him go? That doesn't seem like his dad at all. No, like, his dad's kind of milk toast. I could see Debbie. You're just going to defend this no matter what. That's a ridiculous, a ridiculous plot maneuver. He's always been sort of, of... Had Debbie wanted the kid, then she would have had the kid from the beginning. Well, but she didn't think it would be good to bring the kid to Vegas, and, and she rethinks that. Uh-huh, and he just says, whatever. So fathers don't care about their kids like moms well, do. I think I care what you're saying. Okay, Are you basing is, that on what you've seen me do as a parent? That is a gross. That is it a feels gross. like you're, you're stereotyping him as milk toast and having no attachment to his kids. Okay, I want to point out two things. Yes. I never said that. You and, said milk toast? Oh, no, I didn't. I never said it was about you. Have you ever eaten milk toast, by the I way? I haven't. But I'd like to point out yes. that, that I never made a connection to you. You are the one who just described yourself as milk toast and unattached to your kids. No, that yes. was the implication of what you I were doing. I did not imply oh, you at all. Definitely imply. No, I take that as a personal have, attack, sir. I have I have many many experiences with fathers, not just you. Yeah, and my own background <laughs> as an uncle, and uh-huh. now a father to Leia. Uh, okay, so I've, you I've, you have a dog, so you understand. I don't really take kids to walks. Oh, by the way, Rich is here. <laughs> oh, hey, Rich. <laughs> I believe I thought I said something before. Oh, did you? Did you? I thought I did. I don't think so. Have you watched Glow? No. Of course. I'm 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 kind of done with the 80s. I think like, it's, especially after doing like Stranger Things and stuff like I'm I'm I, good. I feel like Rich actually has his finger on the pulse of American viewers. They've got to be getting tired of this 80s nonsense. It's it's hilarious Glow that it's a fad. And Stranger Things have both worked the 80s so hard that what's left? You're dead to me. I know this is. I haven't seen is, that show. The What's 80s it? Eighties is is such. They have barely is, tapped into this. The is, it is ground. the sacred is time of America when nothing really, bad like, happened. Twenty nineteen is peak Patrick, peak superhero, mm. peak nineteen eighties. It does feel like that. Like yeah. the culture is definitely selling yeah. to you right also, now. Also, the last Star Wars movie comes out this year, so right. it does feel like it is kind of. In ten years, though, it's gonna. I don't. know, What do you hate? What do I hate? Yeah, in pop culture. Besides everything. Um, I'm not a big reality TV fan. Yeah, reality will be back. Yeah. No, it'll be fi- no, there'll be reality films now. 
Oh, that would be great. How would you even do that? We should make a reality show. It's not going to be good. It'll be reality shows, but like somehow shot and edited out as film. We watch stuff that's not good all the time. We sat through season three of Glow. Oh, come on. Okay, it was not that bad. I was going to say. But my list of things I don't like Mm -hmm. is fairly long. Oh, I didn't know. By the way, then the baby gets loose in the casino, Uh which is a total 80s kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like 80s, they just didn't parent, really. You know, to put your kid in a playpen but like jail. In the 80s, you could celebrate being a bad parent. Leave him at home. That's a very specific example you brought up there. Well, I'm just saying it's the kind of thing that happened in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Do you disagree that that Well, look at the Home no, Alone show. Sure that happened in the 70s. It happened in the 70s? Yeah. You're that old. Oh, my God, in the 80s, you would have been like 12 in that pen. I'm like, you could get out of that. Yeah, well, I would have been 7 in 80, so yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so the way mid-80s, you would somewhere, have been 12. Somewhere between 7 and 17. I Any point at that era, I probably could have gotten myself out of the playpen. Well, maybe not at seven. That's hurtful. By the time you hit puberty, I think you could do puberty? it. Puberty? Yeah. Puberty. Puberty. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> so, and then Debbie runs into Tex, JJ. Yes. Ugh, and she already met him on a plane. How nice is that? I was a little convenient, I'll give you that. Ugh, I just, I hate that stuff. So that was episode seven. My notes literally for episode eight read as follows. Episode eight, where more stuff happens. It's a show where stuff happens. That's it, though. It's just stuff happening. I don't remember which one. Bash is rude with money, pushing the casino owner with his BMX babes. Cherry's in debt, so there's a mud wrestling scene. Yeah, that was another one that kind of of another little like, oh, let's do something with Cherry this episode. I was like, oh, okay. Ruth becomes more and more unlikable in this episode. She's selfish. She's rude. She only thinks about herself. She loves Sam, but if Sam doesn't give her a part in the movie, to hell with Sam. That comes No, later. no, no. That wasn't why she got mad at Sam. That's why she got mad at Sam. She got mad at Sam because he still kind of – because him telling her about not getting the part was completely for his own selfish motive. It was like no, he doesn't wasn't. want – he said literally I don't want to go – you know, I don't yes. want to go home with you and have what's going to happen and not tell you this. So he's honest. You think it's better to sleep with women and then tell them the truth afterwards? Your position. That is not – no. He just That's exactly what he did. That is not He my was position. about to sleep with her and he told her the truth uh-huh. because he didn't want to sleep with her Or possibly with my secret. position is he probably should have told her – you know, she wasn't getting the part the moment she showed up to the bar before the idea. Or after they slept together is what I hear you say. No, you're Best honest. to keep dirty secrets until that is, you, oh my God. Until you have What's sex. What's the point of a then... secret if you're not going to keep it? <laughs> <laughs> I just think you're on a very tenuous moral I'm not. No, he should have Between been this and with her from the beginning. Oh, man, more Instead 80s of stuff. the whole, you know. That's true, but you could understand. Whoa, 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 whoa! You could understand have the, the difficulty of that conversation. Telling somebody the truth, you're. Did you just say telling somebody the truth is a difficult yeah. conversation? Yes, that it is, can you, be. You want to you want to stand by that? Yeah. No. To, yes. Sometimes you tell people the truth, and it's hard. No, it's right? Never hard. So it's the truth. It's inherently what you should. No, tell. it's hard. It's hard no. to tell the woman you love that you're not going to give her the part in the movie that's going to make her career. Probably not, because it's a bit part anyway. Yeah, but that's really hard to do. No, it's hard for me to say not this if you're to you, a decent person. but listen how hard this is. Plus, it wasn't, it wasn't his Glow, decision. season three, mm-hmm. stunk. No. I'm telling you the truth, and it's hard. No. It's uh, hard tell- for you. You're telling me your truth. And it's, see, it, like a petulant child, Rich. Shut it's up. It's your truth, Daddy. Yeah, well, you're clearly the dad that abandoned me. <laughs> <laughs> to go off to Vegas with, you know... To date text. Might, might have lost the, the metaphor. Yeah, I don't know where we went. Are we just going <laughs> deep into your psyche? Oh, episode nine. More of the same. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. Just, just, to me, the pacing and the plotting was unrealistic. And at some point, 
I'm really good at suspending, uh, you know, sus- like like practicing disbelief in this. Mm-hmm. Can't. I just I couldn't suspend it. It was just ridiculously badly no, plotted no. and paced. I I I think you are you are dumpster fire. You no. Oh come on. <laughs> It is nowhere See, the, look, near the a truth hurts, fire. doesn't it? No, because you're just no, being ridiculous. It's like a it's you're like a dumpster smoldering fire. It's not a no. it's not a full right, blaze. Right, no. right. You're it's just a, like oh somebody's tossing. Oh my god, there were naked ladies, and this season sucks. That's not what I said. I think that's pretty much. what I you said, said that they're clearly playing to people like you who are going to keep watching for nudity. Very first episode, and it turned you off. So you no, that's not what I said at all. I said they were clearly grabbing. What I've said. That no, says well, you could describe it on Netflix shows stuff, like as it that. Turns out. It was an expression of the way in which the women find themselves in a liberating milieu. Oh, yes. I'm sure it was very... Is that how the writers pitched it? No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're like, how do we get people like whoever to keep watching? Let's throw some nudity in there. He'll keep watching, hoping that there'll be more nudity at the end. That is not why I watch. Mm-hmm. That's not why I watched it. feels like that's your argument. That, that is nudity, not my argument. I nudity have not is quality. said that. Oh, yeah, my God. It feels like that's why you watched it. No. Okay. No, Maybe no. we should move on to other issues. We should. To me, it took the season a long way to figure out what it was or to find its way. I think it did sort of by the end of the season. Okay. <laughs> like, not episode three. Well, you said the series. So I wasn't yeah. sure if you were talking about season one or no, two No, sorry, or season three. three. Like, okay. season three, it takes a while for... For for season three to kind of figure out what it is like, yeah. bashing Rhonda with a, like a migraine, Sherry and her hubby debating a baby, blah 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 blah. Hey, in episode three, all the dancing ladies work out with the wrestling ladies. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's the Las Vegas milieu. No, They're it's just... because the the wrestling ladies aren't taking their workout seriously. So Cherry wanted to kick them in the butt by showing them how out of shape they were. Oh my god! Did you listen to the it's, episode? That's literally what she says. So boring. It's stupid. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I really? had no. Pro- I had but that doesn't oh mean it's not boring and stupid just because you enjoyed it. You just did not like that there was not as much wrestling. <laughs> no, I think Rich just has pulled it together. It can be boring and stupid, and you can still like it. Now, so granted, that's the same argument we can use on Transformers. Well, now I don't like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, hey. Transformers is many things. Boring is not one of them. Thank you. That's Stupid, a nice... absolutely. Oh, see, it was a nice Crap. thing you yeah. said. Yes. No, I guess it's true. Hot messes? Oh, absolutely. But intentionally so. Nonsensical? 100%. When Michael Bay sets a dumpster fire, he knows what he's doing. When he sets it, he's the already put gasoline. Oh, he sets it, that dumpster this... fire blows up and goes over a well, hot girl. No, but he's, right. he's planned that. Yeah. in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know what Michael Bay is doing, and so does he. Yeah, yeah. he plans a dumpster fire. The glow folks missed this. <laughs> I don't think that's true. What I liked about the show early in, like, seasons one and two was the way it wrestled with complicated issues like wrestled. See what I did there? Yeah, no, I was subtle. Wrestled with issues of empowerment. I just say that proves more what he missed was the wrestling. But I'm, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that the season does that as well. It tries to do it with Debbie. Sorry, I wrestled with issues of what? I might have been too busy making comments. Empowerment. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, See I, don't, see, I saw this season at – well, I mean, certainly with Debbie empowerment. I saw right, this Debbie season. is still empowerment and the other's identity. Yeah, that identity right. is is kind of the big theme for this season. It just I would to say. me took a long time to get there because we had to do an episode on the welfare queen drinking and taking pills, which she doesn't do for any other episode, right? Or like, or Debbie's uh, eating disorder that that pops up the one time and and goes away. Which isn't that a terrible disservice to eating disorders? Yeah, I, I kind of wish like they had followed that up more. It's almost like they wanted they want to do a lot. And yes, they wanted, they, I, I will agree. And, they do. It is they, overstuffed as a season. I think and they, they tried to do. Wanted, 
I even like will say their politics generally are politics I can agree with. Mm-hmm. Like what they're trying to say about an eating disorder, I think is the right thing to say about it. Like yeah. that the culture creates this in women, mm-hmm. but you can't do that in 15 minutes yeah. and leave it. Or you just you can't, can't do, it do it in pills and wine and never right. follow it up again. That's what I mean. Like it, and so, like the welfare queen, her back still hurts later, but yeah. like like the problem that came with it, it's like this kind of drama that's with us, and then it's gone. Well, no, because they resolve that when Carmen brings up the idea of her no longer wrestling and becoming a manager during the, the campout episode. I know, but it's, hap- it's a happy thing that addiction that people wrestle with can just be walked past by the welfare court. Oh, I don't think they ever presented her as addicted. It was just that she was in so much pain. It was more, I don't think they ever really well, played when you're her. taking, like, illicit prescription pills and you're washing them down with alcohol, there's well, an implication. She was, wasn't she just taking, like, Tylenol or something? I don't she, think she, she was, was taking, taking aspirin. Well, yeah. taking any of that with alcohol is a way to kill yourself. No, I'm not, but yeah, I don't. I don't to kill I, to kill yourself. I didn't see it. As I'm just rich saying. Sees it. She's literally killing herself, and then hey, don't a, wrestle. Just be a manager. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to kill myself anymore. People who are self-destructive don't usually bounce back. That I didn't way. feel they Again. were painting her as self-destructive. Okay. Well, maybe so they pills and wine every night, or no, every day, like several times a day, not destructive to you. I didn't well, say you've, that. you've really staked yourself to a series okay. of moral positions today. Between this, I want to be clear. Patrick's positions do not reflect necessarily the positions of the podcast what I am or saying, the in okay, university okay. that Let, supports it. Well, even himself at times. <laughs> okay, I am listening. There is a in the the show <laughs> itself, the text, if you will. Oh boy, now you're gonna put me to sleep. Did not paint her as addicted. Certainly, you could see that as logical, a potential, and or implied. I don't see. I wouldn't go as far to say it was implied. It's logical from what she did, but okay. I don't see that as. I don't think to the me, show painted. If she's addicted to anything, she was addicted to the wrestling. But they want a drama. They want to build the drama around it, and it just—it's too easy. Like you—you you look at it, then you look away. You look at eating disorder. You look away. Yeah. Oh, no, I will agree. There is a lot of stuff that they sort of glance at. Right. And either don't delve enough into or put a little bit too pat an ending on. The whole right. fortune cookie. That's um, actually the very next thing in my notes. Was the is it one that I felt I, I really liked the scene where she kind of gets in Melrose's face and says, you know, I was struggling with this enough myself. You as a white person doing this is something totally different. We get the whole. We get both right. Melrose's background and her background all, during the camping trip. Yeah. But then it ends with this very nice Seder dinner, and they hug, and it's a, it's too pat of an ending. No, absolutely. And but I did like that they they right. brought that up when when somebody who's not Asian plays fortune cookie. Yeah. She sees the racism in it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, that she was always, I think, somewhat aware of right. with herself. Right. But but again, it brought it in because you don't really relief. see that struggle as much of a theme. Until Melrose puts on the fortune cookie outfit, mm-hmm. it's again it like it it rise it like the issues here all of a sudden. Yeah. They did I that like more, something that builds a bit. I think more. they did that more with the Beirut character. Yes, she struggled with her role as a stereotype. Right, um, right. But yeah, I thought that I liked that they did that. It, it, I thought they did more with it than other things that they glanced at because there's at least a couple yeah. episodes of fortune cookie and Melrose and the tension between them. Right. And Melrose not really understanding why there was tension between them. Right. But I also felt the the, the wrap up of that was just a bit too pat. Yeah. With, you know, that they they basically cried and hugged and I was like, "Oh, yeah, right. It, it's again, so that was one that I thought they delved into a little bit more than other things. Let's assume racism is a really important issue. Mm-hmm. 
let's not provide these pat kind of answers to it. But you've gotten me to like a part where I'm like, I don't know if it was good or bad or what to do with it. Okay. And that was episode six, The Trip to the Desert, Mm. which makes for lots of drama. Right. um, As well as touching issues, Mm -hmm. right? And so to me, it was like, when you were a kid, like, and you were watching sitcoms, they'd mm-hmm. be like, tonight on a very special episode of The Cosby Show. Mm. And they would address, like, a big issue. Right. You know, Theo is like, you know, I don't know. Did Theo ever do anything wrong? I don't think Cosby ever did those. I'm, I'm thinking of what's the, uh, oh, the different strokes episode with the molester. Yeah, right. That, or was like, the, that was the one that I was thinking of. There must have been a facts of life where somebody was drinking too much or whatever. You know, it'd be, well, you know, someone it's dies. Very, and it's like the kid, they, like, if it's young kids, you have to like you know, deal with the idea of someone dying yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Or where Webster right. burnt the apartment down. Did Webster burn the apartment down? Yeah, he burnt the apartment down. Oh, Why? Awesome. Like accidentally? Or like, well, yeah, because accidentally, his yeah. parents were awful. <laughs> what? Well, well, they were the worst. For a long time since I've seen that show. I don't remember them really at all either. <laughs> we need waiting. I think, I think exactly. But yeah, no. <laughs> Let's he, see. He, we can't do nudity because people are either too young. He or too screamed old into on the Webster, night at so. the offices. Maybe he was smoking. I can't remember what it was. Webster was smoking. <laughs> or he was trying smoking. I can't remember what it was. Holy. Oh, was it, was it one of those? You know, like he was the cool kids. He's was, got like a. It was pack definitely of an accident that he left something right. burning in the apartment and it burned the apartment right. down. But you, so you know the episode I'm talking yeah. about. Like Boner is drinking too much on uh, what was the show? Boner? Growing pains. Growing pains. Um, Skippy was, I don't know, shooting up heroin. <laughs> maybe, on, uh, the, maybe the names Skippy. of the characters gave it like Skippy indication. Skippy was on uh, uh, Alex P. Keaton's show. Family Ties? Yeah, was that Skippy? The guy that w- like always mooned over Mallory? Oh, was it, I don't remember his name being Skippy. Was it Skippy? Was it Scooter? Don't look at me. No, like, I, I have an idea. Just look up Family Ties and see if there's a Skippy. Yeah, no, I can totally sure picture the guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, he's a total Skippy. Think I'm just saying, like, if these characters are yeah, called this, like, we got we got to cast a Skippy. Yeah, I that's can't re- the guy. I cannot remember his name. Yeah. But the point but yeah. is, but yeah, very to me, episode. this was the episode. Like, it's a very special episode. Yeah. So Debbie makes a great point in terms of some character development when she complains that men are free but women never are. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really insightful kind of thing. Yeah. It works for her, like thinking about her kid, her wayward husband. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't fully enough developed for me. Consistently across the season, it you shows don't think up so? and it disappears. No, nope, shows up, it disappears, and then she screws Tex at the end of the show. Well, but I thought that was—I mean, th- that was—I yeah, thought it was a Skippy. 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 Okay, woohoo! That was Wait, Owen Skippy whoa, whoa. Handelman. That is that is a victory for me mm-hmm. in the pop culture '80s war. So maybe I'm the one that should be defending the '80s, and you should disparage it from now on, sir. Nobody should be defending See, the '80s. Look at that 80s. hard truth. It's a hard truth, yeah. and it makes you mad. Yeah. <laughs> you you just embrace your knowledge of Skippy and Family Ties. You feel good about yourself. You didn't watch Family Ties? Oh no, I totally watched Family Ties. Of course, Ties. You did. yeah, who didn't, didn't watch Family Ties in the eighties? Who was the guy that Mallory dated? That really he was supposed to be like a dangerous biker dude. Oh yeah, I remember him. Half Rambo, half like um, Sharks in the Jets. I just remember what was the the song, the Billy Vera and the Beater song. That was like their theme song. I don't know who Billy Vera and the Beaters. Their are. song, you know, the the what did you think? Oh, at this moment. By Billy Vera and the Beaters. I can't hear the song. I can't hear the... What would you think? Do-do-do-do at this moment. That's the Family Ties theme song? That was the Mallory and What's-His-Face theme song. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. He had that earring. I think the shift like... in the pop culture wars just came back to me. It was short. That was the that was the Mallory song? Yes, it was. Billy Vera and the Beaters at this moment. Well, you just wrap yourself Freaking in your knowledge of the Family Ties. Yeah. But I wrap myself in the knowledge of all yeah. the 80s, so... I'm fine with that. But yeah, no, I thought Debbie I thought Debbie's whole arc this season was about 
dealing with men. I mean, she's dealing. She's she's conflicted with Bash and that she's supposed to be an equal partner, but she's not. That's not really conflicted, but yeah, she's upset and angry. And but go on, conflicted. No, she's not conflicted internally. Well, okay, fair enough. She's got conflict with Bash. That's probably better. Thank you. Um, See, Rich, we can agree. And then she thinks she finds... On rare occasions. Well, and I think it's very... I mean, again, going back to that idea about Debbie's empowerment, is that she thinks she finds Tex, who she's going to be... Uh, that, that that's going to be able to to help her or save her. She's or what living have a really you. comfortable life, um, yeah. and then she realizes that that represents nothing really different. But it was weird because Tex seemed to be really supportive of Debbie. He shows up at the gala, mm. you know. He accepts her as a wrestler. Right. He seemed very very accepting until we get to the end, and Debbie needs to make that next step. And then Tex says something that's kind of out of character to me. See, I I saw it a different way, and that I you did, I saw all of the things <laughs> all of the things that Tex knew. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a show. But all of the things right. that Tex supported <laughs> right. her with were very easy things to do. Showing up at the ball. I going, don't think that's easy in the eighties. For a white for a straight white male going wherever they want, I think it's pretty easy. I think I don't think so. No, I think so. I don't. I don't like remembering like the eighties and the AIDS epidemic and. Like it was a different cultural milieu in which he was operating. But I don't. But he's not operating in that milieu. He just gets to go there. He's he's of a tourist. Of course he's not because he's not real. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. He's he's I I my saw I, I saw a... it as everything that Debbie and other people thought was great about text text was <laughs> all just surface. And when it came right down yeah. to it, he was no different. And that's when Debbie well, kind su- of realizes that she has to make. I suppose that her you own way. could be right in that reading. But I just didn't see it in in the character. Well, that's because you clearly were jaded on the show from episode one and didn't give it a fair shake. It was a it was a it was a a crummy season. Oh, come I on. think we've agreed. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But the tragedy, and this is what I think is really interesting in in thinking about what the show's saying, mm-hmm. is for Debbie to achieve empowerment, mm-hmm. she has to become like a cutthroat man. Right? That her empowerment. Mm, means that she has to sacrifice a kind of morality or ethical code. I would, I could see that. The only is thing that, that not I, true. I think the only thing. No, I think the only thing that saves her from from being yeah. that um, is the end of the season where she did this not just for herself but for her and Ruth. But you're making the show worse. How am I making the show worse? The show's more interesting if you're wrestling with what it what a woman has to become to be empowered. You're just like washing it all away. No, she's still a good person. She's looking after Ruth. Well, she, but I, yeah, we'll see what see happens what I mean? after like, Ruth rejects her. To me, oh God, another thing to complain about about this. What? It was such a pat ending. We're going to wrap up season three, and here are the cliffhangers of season four. Will Ruth be back? Well, they're all Is going to Machu LA. Picchu gone? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm literally on the edge of my seat until season four comes out. Well, right now I think they've only got confirmed that Bree, Debbie, Sam. And someone else are coming back. They haven't announced anyone. Oh, so Bree's coming back. Well, yeah, stunning. I, I that cliffhanger. Who knew? Once you got well, on the I'm plane, saying, you she mentioned... got on that plane. I'm like, oh my god, Ruth is gone. Mm. What are they going to do in the show without Ruth? And now you're telling me that well, she's going back by to some, LA to pursue her acting career. Some miraculous twist. Debbie's going she's back, be back on. <laughs> Debbie's going back to LA to run the TV. Like they're all obviously going to come back together in some. That's way. my point. Is the obviousness uh, of it. But yeah, but I, I thought like, they're like cliffhangers that don't matter. Mm. Like, Stranger Things, they should have ended with season one, and they shouldn't have done any post-credits, and it would have been perfect. But we liked season two. 
You wouldn't know that because we'd never heard the episode, but we liked season two. No, that's two. why I forgot about it, because it's been erased from my memory like yeah. it's been erased from the, the podcast. Yeah. And from really human history. Yeah. Just in general, but you know, you raised Gone, never to be heard of about again, except when you mention it, every single show. That's Not every point. single show. Well, the boys also lost forever. Well, the one boy? version of it. Oh, that, oh I for, that's right. I forgot that we, we, we did redo yeah. it. But anywho. Yes. But yeah, so. So then in the desert, there's the racism scene you talked about. Yeah. Which is real. Like, I see what they're doing. They're trying to address an issue of, like, immigration mm-hmm. and identity mm-hmm. that really matters today. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging the Holocaust, the killing fields. Like, I, I, and, I like and what they And trying to suggest there. that there is unity and community in mm-hmm. um, suffering, right? That people who have been traumatized have things in common. Instead yeah. of being divided, they, sh- they sh- can find a common ground. But it feels a little too easy. Well, the other thing that I, the other thing that I was disappointed in... Yeah. Um, was the Yolanda Arthi arc. Yes. In the sense that there's that moment where, I mean, clearly, you know, Arthi with kind of the idea of struggling with her sexual identity. Yes. And there was a moment in the series where I was really hoping that they, what, what I thought they were doing was a sort of, we're sort of trying to, to question that binary between straight and gay that Yolanda seemed to really buy into. Right. Because there's a moment where I'm like, are they positioning Arthi as bi? Right. And Yolanda can't deal with that. Right. Um, and then the way in which that, that, that Arthi sort of, in the end, kind of declared herself as gay. Right. You know, wearing the rainbow right. uh, sweatband, stuff like that, yeah. which seemed very... So I, I, was, I, I really liked that idea. I liked what it seemed like they could have done which is sort of questioning that binary opposition between gay and straight mm-hmm. by showing what I found kind of interesting was oh. Yolanda's inability to deal with someone who didn't fit into yeah. the category of gay in the way that she thought. And it struck me, I, agreeing with you, is an 80s kind of setting too. Yes. Where bisexuality was not... Was not a thing. Or right, it was, was, like, was not was not in our categorizations. Obviously, it right, was a yeah. thing. No, no, right, right. But when you say that, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. right? Like in the eighties, like you like were either straight were, or you were gay, and like, those were the, and, like, that and was, not just for straight people, but that was also, I think, I, I, that was an interesting. Moment where I was like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an interesting way of looking at yeah. Yolanda as not being able to deal with something that doesn't fit in one of those two boxes, right? Either, right, because you can be victimized by the culture. Mm-hmm. It, it can get you to think in ways that are, you know, yeah. um, demeaning or hurtful to yourself yeah. sometimes. Now, what I didn't like about the sort of the sexual identity stuff in the desert was like the biddies become kind of homophobic all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, the biddies, I, I, they should just get rid of the biddies. Like I don't even know what they're doing there besides yeah. not being funny. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um the best part I mean, of the show for me. At least they didn't try to make the biddies have. They yeah. like didn't give the biddies a storyline, which yeah. was good. So. When Sheila burns all her wolf stuff, mm-hmm. that's the moment for me. Yeah, well, to that me, was, this is Sheila's season. Like, oh, if there's yeah, something very good much, about the show. Well, and again, in terms of, well, I think you know, again, I think Debbie, Ruth, Sheila, Sam, Bash, all kind of feature different explorations of identity. I completely agree with you. Um, if you only talk about Sheila. And what I find kind of interesting is, is and, and I'm sure you'll be shocked by this, is the way in which that, since they are in Vegas, yeah, there were two things that the show made me think of that yes. I thought it was doing some, some interesting things with. One is the way in which that they're all in Vegas in the desert looking for their identity, 
And so it very much was kind of playing on frontier themes in terms of they've gone to what is for them a kind of frontier. That's a really interesting reading. I would be surprised if they meant it, but I, it, yeah. it could be a subconscious and just as powerful. Well, and the other thing the that, I, that I kept thinking, and, and this like is going yeah. back, back to the nudity and things like that, is Always back to the nudity. In my mind, I kept, my I kept thinking of oh, this. Oh, I know what was in your focus. mind. Please yeah. stop. You don't lose focus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go ahead, please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm regathering my, my profundity here. Um, was to kind of think of this as in contrast to something like a film like The Hangover. Uh-huh. In which you have that, you know, The Hangover and other films where it's the guys going to Vegas. Right. And doing all of this kind of debauchery and, mm-hmm. and you know, getting away from their, their you know, normal lives right. and whatnot. That we're very used to that in terms of, of male characters. Mm, and I thought this was doing kind of a, ver- particularly maybe with Debbie, was doing kind of a version of that. I was going to say Debbie would be the most obvious in terms of the way, I mean, she, I mean, because she mentioned, like, the, the number of valets that, that she sleeps with. Right. Um, and I found it interesting that even though she kept bringing that up, as if something she felt she should be ashamed of, but I never really felt the show judged her for it. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting, that I think some of the things in terms of, of the increased nudity, the increased, increased sexuality on the show, mm-hmm. I thought was playing kind of on that version of, you know, we're getting in glow women being able to do things when they go to Vegas right. that men have always been able to do. Right. Um, and, and not so be that judged was, for. And not be judged for. And, yeah. and, and go back. And so I thought that was another way that this series sort of played out for me in terms of um, identity and, and what the show was doing. I agree. I, I, I can see that. Absolutely. Can I say one more thing I really hated? Sure. Hate, 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 hated. You know this is coming, right? What did I have to hate in this? Who's vegan? There's no vegan. It's the Wakers. It's the Ruth and Sam storyline. Well, that's a terrible storyline. Like they should not be together. Right. They right. They shouldn't. It's the they classic are, case early terrible. on of a girl saving a terrible dude. The more she hangs out with him, the more oh, terrible. Oh yeah, Sam is Sam is terrible. She becomes. Um, so in that that moment, like where she's like, she's auditioned. She tells Sam she loves him. I'm just like, ugh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like my hope for the entire season three was she would eventually realize. That that's not healthy. Yeah. But she loves him. And then he says, you know, that You're she not didn't get the job. Him. And then they, they break up. And then whoa, I whoa, realized. Whoa. He says you didn't get the job, but let's go home and still have sex. And then they break up. Why not? Anyway, he's being honest. But they shouldn't because he's a bum. That's why they shouldn't do it. Not well, he's, well, not he's, he's also honest. kind of Honesty. mean. He's been mean and, and emotionally abusive towards her. Agreed. All forever, forever. Yeah, like it's that. Great. It is not a healthy relationship. But then I realized this is exactly what happened to Ross and Rachel in season four of Friends. This is a direct Friends ripoff. Talk about when they took a break. Rachel auditions. Ross doesn't give her. Or Ross doesn't give her the job. It's the same thing. Wait, what? Right? Rachel like, auditions. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. I don't want to watch Ross and Rachel anymore. Wait, how did Rachel – Rachel never auditioned for anything. No, I'm being a little bit over the top. But the point oh, is okay. it's been done a gazillion times. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. That alone should be enough to – do I want to watch another season of Will They, Won't They? No, I do not. No, God. Well, I'm hoping they reach the point of Won't They. That or would be nice. Won't. But it, it, the, the entire trajectory of the first three seasons doesn't suggest that. 
Well, my hope is that they're they're going to do something different in season four. Me too, because then it won't be a dumpster just be, well because I just I you know or excuse me a dumpster smolder. <laughs> but yeah, I just I you know the relationship between Ruth and Sam. I mean, I don't really Ruth and Russell was was fairly blah. Uh, oh yeah, there's like nothing. There's nothing. There's no chemistry. There's nothing really there, there. Which I, maybe is the point. I guess. I think, I think somewhat it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Ruth and Sam was never a good, a good pairing. I agree. Uh, but Ruth is really good. Well, I should say Brie is really good in the final episode. Oh, yeah. Like, when she acts in The Christmas Carol, you're reminded what a terrific actor she is. I I, I, I mean, liked her throughout the whole season. She's but I, I thought really that, talented. Particularly I just, when, you know, the way in which that she started to see herself be eclipsed. Yeah. Particularly by Sheila. Yeah. And by others, because she's always been next to Debbie, sort of top dog. She was the competent one that kept everything. She together. was the actress, like she was yeah. the professional actress. Yeah. Um, I I thought from the moment that they got that kind of struggle going with her, yeah, that I I thought Brie did a really fantastic she, job. She's, in the she's role. really talented. And by the way, somebody wears a hot tub club T shirt in that episode, which is the most eighties thing ever. Well, they, that's what uh, the welfare queen gets as her secret Santa gift. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so there it is. But like that is. It is the most 80s thing I've ever seen, Yeah, I think. It's pretty... Well, the BMX bike babes. That's a close second. That That's... That's a close second. That's pretty up there. But, of course, Cherry and her husband reunite, like, for... Again, it comes out of nowhere. It does, yeah. Again, that was another... I mean, there was... I mean, obviously, we got a little bit more with her and her husband... Yeah. ...when he was on the show, but then he just disappears. Right. Um, and and I, so, yeah, again, I, you know, I, I agree. If you were outside of, of what I saw as kind of the five main characters... Yeah. You know, Debbie, Ruth, Bash, Sam, yeah. and Sheila. Your storylines were very sporadic and and somewhat thrown together. And, and the mud wrestling one, it's like, when yeah. did Cherry get a gambling problem? Right. It's, and one mud wrestling scene, and apparently she solved her fixed. debt. It's like the welfare queen with also, pills isn't and she wine. A, it's like also, Debbie with an eating disorder. Isn't she in debt at the casino where she works? Can't they just like garnish her pay for a little while? I think that's what you would do. Apparently, like that's it's more than they can garnish. Well, not know. let her gamble to that point. It's like, hey, you work here. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like again that, just, that, <laughs> well, that pretty felt sure when Bobby worked at the casino, he was not allowed to gamble at the casino. Well, that too. But this was the eighties, so the 80s. it was probably a much looser. Yeah legal environment. But you think they'd watch employees like, hey, so-and-so's gambling and so's in the debt, they might try and rob the casino they work at. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> point, too. Yeah, so it's like, I'm sure there had to be at least one heist movie just like that. Same thing again with, with Gina Davis's character. Yeah. Like, during the Libertine Ball, like, there's that moment where she walks out as a showgirl, and it's this great, like, everyone's excited about it. I'm like, I'm not really sure why I'm excited about that. Like, right. So you, were, you're starting to become just as critical as I am about no, this No, no, I'm not, like no. Sounds I think there like are it. elements of the show that we are in agreement on in terms of that. Yeah, I, I think it tried to do – I give it credit for trying to do a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but it did too much. You know, particularly – I mean, you know, I think, you know, the biddies we didn't do much with. Nope. Um, there's what's-her-face, the blonde Viking wrestler. Right, who goes hiking. That I think, for, like, except for being a competent hiker, that is her – All she's like a hiker. That everything. is her only arc this summer and the whole, or this wait, season. Wait, the, yeah, oh. Oh. That that and even Carmen, like the way in which I mean, the way in which she left the show and the way in which she kind of feels like she was marginalized. Yeah, and she talks about like not being able to be in the ring anymore. And I'm like, when was she not able to be in the ring? Like I I don't like they didn't really thread that in that they basically marginalized her all season. Yeah, plot wise. Yeah, um, and it felt so. Like yeah, she there there was you know they clearly be the had center of the show. 
Was that? It feels like she should be the center of the show almost. Well, she was more of the center. But not. In previous seasons. You know, yeah, but not this, yeah. So. This, but yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Is this, this season, more than any other, there, were, there was clearly a divide between who were the main plot lines and who were sort of secondary. Yeah. So and his, the secondary ones did not get um, the attention they deserved. That, that it yeah. felt, you know, kind of... Their storylines were, were manufactured or... Uh, they would parachute in. They would parachute in and, and parachute out. they would out. disappear. Yeah. I don't know if you can parachute out, but yeah, yeah. Well, I guess jump off again and keep falling. Parachute in, get airlifted out. Like the Dark Knight. Yeah. So, do you care? Like, how many of these cliffhangers do you care about? Will the new TV network be like Eden for women? I'm guessing no, because we're still in the mid '80s. Yes. Like when when Debbie said that, she's like, "I'm gonna create Nate." I'm like, "Oh, sweetie, (laughs) that's not happening." Because it's the mid '80s. What will Ruth do? Will she be back? Well, you already answered that one. What about Carmen? Will Bash and Ronda start a family? Can a women's wrestling show carry an entire network? Probably not. No. I guess I got to watch next year. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I guess the are they going to try and do like alt history where it's like, yay, they win, and this happens, and we just pretend it didn't it that happened. Become, well, I'm pretty sure this is not deeply grounded in. But I mean, at some point, like real history. At well, I'm pretty point. sure. Yeah, but at the same time, you're right. saying like you know it's the well, 80s. I mean, like they're that, not going to win because it's did, the 80s. Yeah. Did the actual glow ever become a a floor show in Vegas? I don't know. Yeah. That's I'm, a good question. My sense is but that it's it also, not, it, it's that easy to hide that fact of happening. We've veered pretty widely from right. um, the, um, the original series, the, or the, 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 the actual series it's based on. I do have a few notes on things I liked. Oh, do you? Now that we're 45 minutes in. Okay. <laughs> I actually like the juxtaposition of the space shuttle disaster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, and the inanity of American popular culture that opens oh my, the show. Oh, my God. No? Wow. High point for me was when the shuttle exploded, yeah? (laughs) Not what I said. I said the high point was... Oh, I'm sorry. Did Rich just manipulate what you said into a gross misrepresentation of your Glow season three. Nudity and spaceship explosions. (laughs) What's not to like? Something for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Fun for the whole family. Oh, jeez. But but I thought that underneath it, you know, because they're they're in character and they're Mm -hmm. like in this ridiculous position, like they're talking about the space shuttle launch on television. And so there I thought they were actually trying to say something that was kind of interesting, Mm. that we live in this tragic world and we hide it behind all – like we ignore all the tragedy by looking at Zoya Mm. the Destroyer doing like camp nonsense about how bad America is. Mm. So my favorite part, you're just like totally unmoved by. No, well, I think well, I think part of it too was I, I would push that a little bit further in the sense that I think that's the moment that kind of starts Ruth on the path that she goes on this season. Mm-hmm. Is that I think she kind of starts to realize, you know, between that, between the fact that they're just very much going through the motions on the show, right? That what Ruth kind of thought was going to be. I don't know if her big break, but was going to be satisfying to her. Um, her stint is a female professional wrestler. Was that? Yeah, I just that, like, that, it, it, that, that, that if she had those kinds of expectations, she probably was over expectating. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Ruth has a naivete that I think. Okay, fair um, enough. I mean, fair you enough. can see in her relationship with Sam is that she thinks Sam's actually a good catch. Like, no, right. no. I think the producers think Sam's actually a good catch. I hope they don't. I think that he's a soft. They think he's a softy under like a. I'm really hoping that they're they're. I'm hoping, and I, I share the fear. My hope is that they're playing on what is, in many ways, a, a sort of '80s 
television kind of trope, which is like, yeah. oh, the crusty, grumpy guy has a heart of gold. Right. I'm like, no, he's probably got a heart of cancer at this point based on how much he smokes. Yeah. Um, and liver disease. And liver, and uh, he's, yeah, like he's, yeah. he probably should not have survived that heart attack. Right. Also, he's having that heart attack for a long time. Like, yeah. there's a, he's got to walk down the stairs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're, in, you're not in good shape. Yeah. So, but to me, there's a point there that I think. But I think I think yeah, I, I, I was interesting. But I'm not sure that the rest of the season followed up much on it. Well, I think it becomes much more about a catalyst for Ruth's personal journey yeah. than kind of a comment on. Plus, they're not really. Posi- I mean, except for the you know, we don't really see them outside of the Vegas show. Yeah. And so they don't really have like that presence in popular culture unless you actually go to the show. Fair enough. So the thing I liked best was the focus on identity and self-expression. Yes. And to I, me it was, I, I thought that was the big theme for this season. It was Sheila. And once I figured why they had the drag performer in the show, yeah. I thought there were really powerful moments between the two of them. Like when he says he found his voice only when he could be someone else. Yes. And the way that this kind of like really inspires her to grow mm-hmm. and become like this really amazing actor. Yeah. You know, who who is comfortable in herself, finally. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, they did that a little bit on Identity with the the, 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 the camping trip about, like, the killing fields of Cambodia mm-hmm. and the Holocaust. And Bash, too. Like, I think eventually kind of it... Yeah. it I thought Bash's it, breakdown yeah. to Debbie... When he's drunk when and they're putting on a Christmas and, 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 you know, just kind of... I thought that was one of the most powerful moments of the season. Yeah. Um, that I've I, I've always the the it, way in which that he yeah. that kind of self loathing that you can easily imagine someone in the eighties to me that's exactly you what know, I was gonna sus- say you know knowing deep down that they're queer or gay but also knowing that that's not going to be accepted right um, he's got a mother and he's got a business he's got a, and he's got a culture yeah that and, he and, has and, to and live then with. you know the 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 look of horror on Rhonda's face when he says I want to have a family. Right, because, because the way in which that he just kind of when they're he, having the threesome, there's a great moment where Rhonda is like, "Oh, like she, I think, yeah, comes to grips with Bash's sexuality in a way that he hasn't quite yet." No, I was gonna make a joke about how the Gigolo had come to grips with Bash's sexuality, which you did anyway, but <laughs> you feel anyway, like you didn't, but without, yeah, which you feel like it's giving you some kind of distance. Exactly, it's a moral high ground he can send upon. It's mm, it's a moral. Not the lowest possible. Grade. Exactly. Exactly. Not, yeah, I, I get my cake and it's a small plateau. Mm, I'm not uh, sure you're eat, well anyway. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I've, I've, I've I've liked what they've done with Bash ever but, since the first season, where you know his his I can't remember like his friend that that clearly died of AIDS and yeah. and he's just completely unable to deal with that. Like the the way right. in which that Bash, you know, clearly wants to be out of the closet. Right. As as he basically says to Debbie is that he actually right. enjoyed. Yeah. The sex with the gigolo, yeah. um, but yet he can't let himself be, and the and kind of the struggle that that turns him it turns him into kind of a monster towards Debbie and and the other girls. Yeah, um, and then the way that Corda reflects back into kind of a self loathing, and and then by the end he's you know he's he's back in the closet again. Yeah, um, but that moment, the breakdown, if I could just go back yeah. to that, was to me the most authentically eighties. Yeah, oh, yeah. Part of that season. Oh, like, yeah. That was a moment when you're like, that's the 80s. Yeah. Right? And oh, yeah, then, like yeah. you totally understand kind of thinking about the 80s that, that yeah, that is exactly the kind of struggle. Right. Ba- or that Bash represents exactly the kind of struggle that, that gay men 
Which is and kind women, of, but particularly gay yeah. men, faced too easily forgotten. Yeah, like in the twenty first century, yeah. where it seems like so much progress has been made. Yeah, I mean that was one. There were a couple moments. There was another moment where um, that was the other thing that a mo- that initially kind of rubbed me wrong with the fortune cookie scene. Yeah, when she brought up the whole having a white person play that role was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That was a moment where I was like, "Ooh, are we kind of?" That felt a little contemporary. Of the problem, like a Scarlett Johansson. Kind yeah, of yeah. Problem. It felt. I, I was like, that felt a. But but I, I, that was the only. I was, I'm always like, like. Well, mm. see, see, Thomas Howell made Soul Man in the '80s, and everybody freaking loved that movie. Yeah, I loved that movie. I did not see it. Oh, I saw. I, I saw. I, it. I, I am politically happy that I did not. see I'm pretty that movie. sure I saw it multiple times on HBO. Really? Which one did you see more, that movie or Star Wars? Oh, definitely Star Wars. Oh, come on. Like, that's, 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 <laughs> just, but I do remember, yeah, I do remember liking Soul Man, and, and yeah, that's yeah. that's awful. Right. But it's um, okay, like Justin Trudeau has learned, right? Has you he? make mistakes when you're a kid. But if, you, if you've if you learned and grown and you can apologize. Yeah, not sure it works that Speedy way. Speedy Gonzalez. It's not? I'm not sure. It has to. Like, don't we have to let people acknowledge wrongs and try to be better? Yeah, but I saw a lot of things talking about how Trudeau's acknowledging of wrongs was not. Well, I guess I haven't followed it closely enough. But yeah, there are a couple of that were like it was. It was sort of a. Would you want to acknowledge your wrong on Soul Man? Oh yeah. Oh, that sounded authentic. Yeah, I think I believe. I no, I said it was terrible. Oh, whatever. You know, sure. I mean, I wasn't actually in blackface. You just celebrated it. I just watched Soul Man and thought it was funny at the time. But there's lots of things we thought were funny in the '80s that we should not find. That funny That we should not anyway. find. Funny. Most of them. There were a lot blow. of things we thought were acceptable in the '80s. Right, but I, g- I guess my point is, as long as you can honestly say. Like, I thought it was funny in the 80s. Yeah. I now realize having, you know, grown up into an adult mm-hmm. and thought about this stuff that it's not funny or acceptable anymore, then well, but I'm I, okay I, with that. But see, I would go that even further is, yeah. is that. And I, I, I think this is kind of where we're sort of moving tr- full towards. Yeah. Is it's not so much that that was funny and acceptable in the 80s and now it's not. Yeah. It's that. That was funny, acceptable in the '80s. It absolutely should not have been. Right, and we're just now catching up to that. Agreed, but individuals can catch up to it that yeah. way. They can say, "I thought it was funny. I now know better." Yeah, and you know, I will not engage in that kind of entertainment yeah. anymore. We have to forgive on some level. We do, but I think, but, we, but there has to be genuine remorse but it has, but it has, and but, genuine know, growth. But I think we also have to recognize, and I think you know, in terms of race, in terms of. The kinds of masculinity that well, and again, this goes back to Sam. He represents yeah. a very toxic masculinity yes. that we used to celebrate. Oh, he's an asshole, but he's got the the heart of gold on the inside. Right. Um, that we have to we we have to acknowledge that 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 wasn't actually okay back then. We tolerated it back then in a way that we never should. Right. And now that we're not. Right. Yes. No. We can condemn it in the past. Yeah. But acknowledge that we were, yeah, in, in, in doing so, acknowledge that we were wrong to, I guess, yeah. okay, I, I think. That, I, yeah. I think that's the important Agreed. piece is, is is not that it was okay in the 80s, but it was exactly. accepted as okay. If I said 80s. it was okay in the 80s, I did not mean to no, say no, that. No, no, but I, no, I'm not. What I'm saying I, is that you might do that. You might yeah. have watched Soul Man in the 80s and right. thought it was hilarious. Right. Um, not because it was okay for it to be funny in the right. 80s, but because people, the culture told you it was okay. Yes. Yeah. To think it was funny. Right. And then you went to school and you thought about mm-hmm. stuff and you wrote about stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, not so much. Yeah. So I got a couple fair fouls for you. I've got some fair fouls too. Mine are numbers. Oh, jeez. Because you don't bring numbers anymore. 
Netflix doesn't release numbers. So, uh, but there are Rotten Tomato scores. Oh, okay. So, season one, mm-hmm. I want to hear your guess. What was the critical response rate? Oh, for Glow season one? Yes. Well, that's got to be pretty high. I'm going to say 85 to 90. That's not bad. What was the audience? Um, I'm going to say the audience was probably in that range, too. I think they, they were probably... Pre- Glow season one was pretty well regarded. You're close. Thought. It was 94 from the critics. Okay. So you're a little low for the critics. It was 90 for the audience. Okay, so, yeah. Season two was 97 from the critics. Really? I would have gone lower with season two. And 90 from the audience. So about the same with the audience. Okay. Fair or foul. Mm-hmm. Season three. Mm-hmm. Critics, 88. Audience, 77. Ooh. Critics, I'm okay with. I think it's weird. The audience, audience is more on the yeah. ball than the critics here. No, I don't think the audience is more. I think, the audi- I think 77 is almost exactly right for this. By on the ball, you mean agreeing with you. I mean, correct. Yeah. Is there any other version? I mean, they've got, they've got it right. I well, that that seems hard. But also, it. It. That people hard. are getting tired of glow. I don't know. 77 seems not a, like 77 is not a terrible score. It's a C plus. It's better than a C plus. Well, but I, compared I to the previous score of what I would I, see, I would put season three closer to season one for me. Yeah, I don't. I liked. I I think probably the audience. The audience, I would imagine, has issues because they've gotten away from what was supposed to kind of be the bread and butter of the oh, show, which man. was the Here wrestling. Here comes the elitism, the odd, the poor people and the masses don't know any better. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying that they've been led to oh, expect so a certain show, and this show is deviating from the formula. I thought it was very much the same show. It just had no wrestling. But that's a huge part of what the show's been. I don't I mean, think so. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Every episode in season one and two was centered around some kind of a match. Yeah, is that true? Pretty much. I thought they were centered around. Don't look at, I don't, there's no way for me to Google that. <laughs> well, that was one of the episodes. So anyway, so you say Rotten Tomatoes is foul then? That 77 is too low? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's way too low. I had a feeling. Yeah. All right, that was my first fair foul. Do you have any for me? Oh, um, let's see which ones do I want to. Um, oh, here we go. I, I, I think I know the answer to this. This is from Emma Batty of Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Wrecking the potential Ruth-Sam relationship is the best thing the Glow Riders could have done because those two characters should absolutely not date. That seems pretty fair. Yeah. But they didn't do it yet. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see if they wrecked it. I, I mean, most of mine, I think you're going to say fair on all of mine because this is, this is one from Vox by someone named, and this is the best name ever. Yeah. Pilot Virouette. Wow. Is that one word? Uh, or is that like... Man, if your name was Pilot Virouette, you could be yeah. anything you wanted to be in the world. Um... Except the pilot. Richard Baldwin? I think it kind of limits your options. Glow now has three C- Oh, here we go. This is- I have zero options, really. <laughs> this is Pilot Virouetta Vox, right but I think I'm pretty sure you're going to say fair on this one. <laughs> yeah. Glow has now has three seasons worth of characters and plots to juggle, which ultimately weighs it down. Yeah. And the show has trouble getting back up afterwards. It's- An illabil- inability to fully reckon with all of its thread has always been the problem with Glow. It has far too many characters and plots rushing around to fully give each one the attention it deserves. I, I, that, I think, is a, is a spot-on yeah. critique. Here's one I think that you might not like, but tell me okay. what you think. It's from The Atlantic. Okay. Season 3 is a patchwork of meaningful interludes, rote character check-ins, and errant plot threads that quickly unravel. Even I'd Vegas say, is oh, an sorry. afterthought. What was that? Even Vegas itself is an afterthought. Um... The first part I would say is fair about the characters we've talked about in terms of the ones that are largely marginalized. The rote character check-ins. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. characters. 
Vegas being an afterthought, I don't have a problem with because I actually think the idea of Vegas and the way it's associated with with them being in a routine, yeah, and being and and the way in which in a variety of ways they all kind of end up in a slump, which kind of proves provides a catalyst for things like Ruth and Sheila. Right. I think that ultimately works for the show. So Vegas isn't an afterthought in some ways. Like it's a setting, perhaps it is, but but Vegas for you seems to have served a really important role. Yeah, I think I, first I, kind I really of liberating women. I from really like the way in which they played. I, they played on a couple of ideas. Yeah. They played on Vegas as kind of the liberating frontier West, mm-hmm. but they also played on the idea of that they're in a uh, rundown casino. The show they're right. doing is on autopilot, and that that so, the show doesn't can't really give me, except for the moments when they play with the formula, right? Like the switch up episode, and then the Christmas Carol one, right? The show so, can't really provide them with that identity, so it, so they look for other things. So it works really well in terms of using Vegas as both the ideal and then the reality. Yeah, for me, yeah, like that, the that glossy, Vegas, the glossy text yeah. surface that you look at when you're a tourist yeah. and kind of the unseemly, you yeah. know, underbelly that you work in if you live I there. mean, I would say fair Vegas is an afterthought. Foul that that's necessarily a flaw in the show. Right. I don't think it's an afterthought. Like if if you're making that argument, I feel like Well, afterthought in the sense of, of that they don't really do anything with Vegas. It's the spirit of Vegas or the zeitgeist yeah. of Vegas that matters, not the Right. Yeah. So I've got one I more. Have, we've kind of covered. But I've got you... one more that I, th- I think this kind of plays on what I just said. So this is Sarah Lawson of The New Yorker. Oh, I do like The New Yorker. Season three improves as the writer moves the characters beyond the roles that they're stuck in as wrestlers and people. The Vegas plotline gives the show a stable setting and intriguing milieu. Yeah. A comfortably absurd place to spend time in, allowing a friends our bit more freedom and happiness. Um, and the new setup lets the show within the show, having established a routine, be less of a focus. That's true. I mean, there is less of a focus. I mean, I, Lawson's take on the show in general, I found, yeah, pretty much paralleled what I was saying. Yeah, I just I'm not sure that it makes for a better show. For me, it did. I, um, I yeah, I, me, I really like. I, I think I that, should be clear. I don't really think of it as a dumpster fire. But I think it was my least favorite season because of its disjoint, is disjointed, yeah, for me kind of nature. I, I'd have to go back and watch season one and two. Well, I probably should too. I this guess. might be my favorite season, flaw warts and all. I I really like, and again, part of it is that it fits into kind of my whole frontier, right? You know, it it seems to be ticking off some boxes that are that are particular to me. Um, but there's I you know. I could see myself writing a conference paper or something yes. on this season. I don't know so much about the previous two seasons. Will you call it Nudie Duties? No, I will not. Okay. Is that name already taken? Is that why? No. <laughs> <laughs> if that was your next book, no. I want I want a cut of the royalties. Yeah, you're not you're not Nudie Duties, yeah, right. Patrick no. L. Hamilton. Yeah, no, that's not. But yeah, West so I, masculinity I, I, in Vegas in the American imagination. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, there's just some stuff like even even the moment of Sheila with the wolf. Yeah. Is a moment that I find really kind of intriguing in terms of like what's going on there. I do and I don't. Well, and that's the thing. I'm, I think part there might be I'm, something really interesting going on there, but it might be not intentional. I well, that's the other thing too. Is I'm like, I find that really interesting. That also might be a really cliched way of of dealing with her identity. Yeah, uh, it's a very like vision questy yeah. kind of eighties. Yeah, appropriation. So, but yeah, for me, the, I I guess maybe I don't know if I necessarily found this. I don't know if this season is better. I think I found it a richer season. 
in terms of what it was doing. I hate to let you have the last the last note, but I think it's well, fair to you, say... Well, you've clearly not, because you're talking now. Well, that's why I hate it. <laughs> I, I think I'm being honest again. But yes. I think... I, oh, so you're having the best of both worlds. Yes. You're both acknowledging that I could have had the last word, but yes. also acknowledging the fact that you're trampling all over um, it. Cake and both. In, yeah, in, yeah. Is that what you said earlier? Pretty much. Yes, it yeah. is what I yeah. said earlier. I believe maybe, I was drawing that connection. Maybe you were my mentor. Uh-huh. I yes. want cake. Or maybe we're both hypocrites. I'm not sure. <laughs> I want cake. 